Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, the weekend went exactly as expected. We put it out there. Where's the upset going to be? You know, Utah State's an underdog at Air Force. Well, they lost more convincingly than I expected. They really got beat pretty soundly. The Utes won more convincingly than I expected. 20-point favors. They won by 35, and the only reason they didn't win by 50 is Kyle Whittingham didn't want to win by 50. If he'd wanted to win by 50, they would have. Totally dominant out of the Utes. And for the Jazz, they lost on the road in L.A., and they came home and won against Sacramento, and there you go. So pretty much those four games all went as Vegas expected, as we expected. What did the Utes have to say after their total domination of Cal? Let's listen in to the U players after their 35-0 shutout win. Zach, another career night for you. I mean, does it feel good as much as last week, or I mean, what's, what's the feelings like after that week? Uh, it all feels really good when you know when it comes in a win and it came in the type of fashion that it came in tonight. So, uh, just grateful, you know, everything went uh, well. Everyone got out injury free, so it was a good night. Zach, you guys are used to playing as football players. What does it mean to have a guy like Tyler, you know, out there mm-hmm. playing at his optimal level when he's banged up a little bit? Yeah, it makes you want to go harder, man. Um, the guy's a warrior, you know. Um, I didn't really doubt him missing this game, man. He prepared. Uh, his tail off each and every day, um, late nights, just working and trying to get it ready to go for this game. So um, I know me especially it made me want to go harder for him and the O-line. Uh, they did a really good job of just protecting him and keeping him upright. You know, you've known him for a long time. What, where does that inner toughness come from for Tyler? Uh, just how he grew up, you know, just, um, you know, just fighting tougher battles in life and things like that. So when something like this comes knocking at his door, he's just going to man up and um, take it down like he did tonight. Lucky Terrell, obviously you guys held them to 83 yards. I mean, the defense seems to be getting yeah. Oh, geez. Defense seems to be getting better and better every week. I mean, what what do you guys chalk that up to? Uh, Coach Scali is a very, very, very smart man. So I think he just he knows exactly what's coming before it comes, and he puts us in the right positions. And I think we got to give credit to him and just credit to everybody working hard throughout the week. And I think that's a big thing. The biggest thing. Sorry, not the not a big thing. Zach, can you just talk about the defense and the job they're doing that makes your job easier, doesn't it, on the offensive end? Yeah, um, when we're able to run the ball like that and keep them guys fresh and things like that, um, it helps put them in a a really good position to go out there and play the way they are and playing lights out. Um, I don't even think they had 45 snaps on defense tonight, so. When you do something like that uh, with defense like we got with so many talented guys at each position, you know, um, and the depth that we have at on that side of the ball, um, it's going to work in our favor. So, I mean, shout out to those guys for sure. <laughs> Lucky, did you know that this is the first shutout that Utah's ever had in Pac-12 play? No, I did not know that. What, what does that mean to you guys as a defense? Uh, just means a lot. Uh, just all the hard work that we put in um, in the off season. During this week, um, you know, it just paid off on uh, everybody just locking in uh, during the game and just doing their 111. You guys talk about you got the Huskies next up in Seattle. This game, I think a lot of people look forward to on season neutrality. Is this for the Pac-12 self-title for you guys, or do you, can you look at it that way? Um, 
every game is a big game. Everybody's good in the Pac-12. Each week you have to come out and play as your best football because, as you can see, some teams that you wouldn't expect to lose lose every week. So I think we have to just prepare this next week just like we prepare every week, make sure that we're playing assignment sound football and come out and hope it goes well for us. Along those lines, Terrell, what, what keeps you guys so locked in and to keep playing at this level without a letdown every week? That's a tough question. Um, I think it's just we know what we're after. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the locker room that that love playing for each other, love being with each other. Um, we love the coaches, so I think it's just the fact that we know exactly what we're after, like I said before, and we're just trying to make sure that this season is special. Zach, I think Eddie Johnson said he was going to be at this game. Was, was he here and did you get a chance to catch up with him? Uh, I have no idea if he was here. And, um, no, I didn't get a chance because I didn't know if he was here or not. <laughs> <laughs> with your performance defensively um, you know, and with Wisconsin's loss, there's a good chance that you'll pass them um, as far as rushing yards go and become the top team in the nation in limiting teams and rushing yards. What does that mean to you guys? Is that something that you strive for or take pride in, or is it anything that, uh, or you just kind of shrug um, it off? For the defensive line, um, we take um, a lot of pride in that. Um, trying to be uh, the number one D-line, in, uh, especially in the run game. Um, trying to establish that this year. Uh, but uh, coming off this game, you know, uh, I feel like we, we dominated the, the line of scrimmage up front. And, um, you know, that's something that, that starts in, uh, in the beginning of the week. You know, it doesn't just happen like that. But, yeah, to, to hear that, you know, the rankings going up in the rushing yards, um, pretty, pretty happy about that. <laughs> There are the U players. Here's head coach Kyle Whittingham. Great team effort. Uh, all three phases played exceptionally well. Uh, I guess it was our first shutout of a Pac-12 opponent since we joined the league, so it's, I guess it's about time, but nice job by our defense. Outstanding plan by uh, Coach Scalley and his staff. And, uh, again, all boils down to the players uh, making plays and executing and did a great job of that. Took care of the football. I didn't turn it over one time. Um, special teams were solid, like I said, and uh, just proud of our guys. And, and really, it's a, a product of their Monday through Friday work. They, they, this team practices exceptionally well and prepares exceptionally well, and, and it's showed on the last uh, several uh, Saturdays. Questions? Now, defense obviously has been doing really well for the weeks, but it doesn't seem like they're buying into that hype. They're just kind of going in. What, what sense are you getting in from? the defense and how they prepare for each of these games. Exactly that. I mean, they've perform, been performing well, but they don't, you know, they just uh, get ready for the next opponent, you know, new challenge every week, and, and nobody cares what you've done, you know, in the past. It's all about what you're doing now, and, and you're only as good as your last performance, and, and uh, you know, that's the right attitude to have. They have a great uh, work ethic and a great uh, ability to focus and concentrate and, and uh, execute what the coaches have outlined for them. Uh, when, when did you know that Tyler was going to be able to go? No, for sure. Uh, pre-game warm-ups. I mean, it was it was pretty dicey all week long. He didn't practice much uh, early in the week. As the week progressed, he practiced a little more, but he was still, and you can see he still wasn't 100%, but, but he wanted to go, and, and uh, I thought Andy did a great job of, of uh, scheming things to, to uh, help him, you know, with his lack of mobility to, to take some of the, 
some of the uh, you know need to move around off of him. And uh, you know we played a solid first half, and we figured if we got out of that first drive, uh, opening the second half, that we'd make a change. If if something would have gone wrong, and he would have scored. You probably would have seen him for a, a couple series at least. Can you talk about Washington and the challenge they've had? Yeah, big challenge. Got to go up there to Seattle. They're a good football team. I know they've dropped some games this year, but they got talent. Uh, big, strong quarterback that's got a big arm. Uh, <coughs> tremendous receivers, running back. Lines are solid. And so it's, uh, you know, they're the Huskies, and they got uh, as good a talent as anybody uh, in the league for certain. And uh, we've. We've only won once there since we've been in the pack, so we gotta they gotta work right out for us. As well as Cal's defense that played all season, were you surprised with your offenses performance? No, we got good players on offense too, and uh, you know, offensive line controlled the line of scrimmage. I don't know what we ended up uh, rushing for. Um, what was it? Over two hundred? Yeah, well over two hundred, two thirty. So, so uh, you know, we knew that uh, you know we had a chance to to run the ball, and and that's always where it starts with us, and, and uh, that opened up the throw game and. And uh, like I said, I thought it was a good plan and, and well executed. Coach, another record day for Zach Moss. Is there ever times on the sidelines when you're seeing him run that you just are like, wow, he's, he's a lot of times. Yeah, a lot of times. He's he's a special back. And uh, what was the record today? All time touchdowns. Touchdowns, great. Okay, well that's that's awesome for Zach. I knew he was close to that. I didn't realize that it happened. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a special back and and. Uh, He's got uh, the whole package. I mean, he's got a great skill set, and, and uh, we're fortunate to have him. And fortunately, he came back for his senior year. Kyle, you talked about the leadership role that Tyler has on this team, and how this team goes as he does. Do you think they're a little more amped up considering you went out there tonight? Yeah, I believe so. I think the offensive line was was more determined than ever to, to protect him and take the hits off him, and and uh, they did a nice job with that. And Darren Paula was was banged up pretty good too and he, he came out and competed and, and did a great job. So, you know, those guys are warriors. I mean, it's great to, you know, that mentality that they have and that the toughness is, is great to see and, and it rubs off on the rest of the team. I know your defense wins championships kind of guy. Your defense is playing at a championship level. Yeah, they're playing. They got momentum and the whole team's got momentum right now. You know, it's four good outings in a row. I think four, one, two, three, four in a row. And so, uh, you know, it was good, but again, new challenge this week, and and uh, what we've done the last few weeks, you know, Washington doesn't care. You know, they'll be ready for us, and, and uh, they're they're off this week, so they got an extra week to prepare. So, so we got to get ready in a big hurry for them. Coach, usually there's something that goes wrong in the game, but you had 500 yards. Other than we missed a field goal. Yeah, we missed a field. That was probably my fault because I I yelled out to him to let the clock run down a little bit. I shouldn't have disturbed him. Should have just let him kick the ball and not worried about the few extra seconds and and uh, so I'll take that on me but that was that was one thing I can think of. Don't get bored with winning, right? Never get bored with winning. Okay. There's Utah football coach Kyle Winningham. When we come back, the best of the jazz postgame show. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz got beat by the Lakers Friday and then turned around and blew out the Sacramento Kings on Saturday. Let's listen in as the Jazz explained what happened on the Best of the Post Game Show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz on Saturday night smacked around the Sacramento Kings. Second night of a back-to-back. Tough loss against the Lakers Friday night. No problem on Saturday night, 113-80. to Boyan Bogdanovich returned from a sprained ankle. He did not play Friday against the Lakers, but did play Saturday against the Kings, and boy did he play. 26 points, 10 of 18 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. He had four boards, an assist, and a steal. An absolute dynamite game uh, for Boyan. Donovan Mitchell with 15 points. Uh, Mike Conley with 12, had his best game in a Jazz uniform thus far, and uh, Coach Chiesa and I talked about it on the postgame show, just seemed to be natural it was a real natural non-forced game for the Utah Jazz, and they looked absolutely terrific. Let's get you some uh, post-game sound. We'll start with uh, Coach Quinn Snyder from the podium. Donovan's defense, um, in combination with with what Rudy was doing, um, was impactful. And then you know it was good to see Mike just settle in and and uh, find some comfort running our team. I think that's what um, our guys are looking to him and. and that's uh, it's good to see that from him as well. Coach Boyan heated up real quick, and it looked like he was having <clears throat> excuse me having an absolute blast out there. Yeah, I didn't mention him at the start because it was so obvious. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was hard for him to watch last night, just knowing that um, he could impact the game, and you know his teammates felt that too, and they were able to find him, and it did. He looked like it's fun to play that way when the ball's moving, and. Um, you know, he took great shots. Too. There was a number of times that you know he probably could have taken another one, and he made one more pass. And um, that happened a lot tonight when guys were making an extra pass. Um, Joe had one where he swung it to Jeff in the corner, and Jeff knocked it down. So it's good to see. You gave Conley extended run for the first time in the first quarter, nine minutes. What did you? Was that to get him going? Was that because he was in a rhythm? No, I, I think you know just looking. Part of this is how we, you know. You know combinations that we play, and um, you know you, those, those things are always going to be fluid throughout the year. And um, we thought it, it made some sense to um, you know to, to flip he and Donovan as far as their rotation. It's not you know a big change, but um, you know I think more than anything, it wasn't you know what we did is how those guys just you know, they settled in. Why did that make sense? Why did it make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Mike having uh, Mike Mike's never played that. I mean, that's not an atypical rotation in the league. There's a lot of teams that um, play a guy in three stints, and um, felt like Donovan, um, you know, could be more impactful in 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 that situation, and also felt like it would give Mike um, a little more continuity. You know, sometimes when you you know, you come. You're used to playing. You know, Mike's done that for a long, a lot longer than Donovan. So, is there? And by the way, Don, Donovan, you know, is terrific with with um, you know wherever he's playing and who he's playing with. So, was, I mean, I don't think our guys are that that aware of it. I think it really helped Donovan to focus defensively too in those bursts. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are so many variables from night to night, but the fact that tonight was so much different from last night in the way that things were offensively mm-hmm. is there is there anything you can take away kind of comparing and, and contrasting 
Um, two games? I, I think, you know, we all, you know, live long enough to have good days and bad days. And I think the challenge is to, you know, the way that our team responded from last night, to me, is the, you know, it's a significant thing. I, you know, Boyan playing obviously helped. Um, but there's things we, you know, you don't just forget about a, a performance that's not the level that you want. You know, you respond to it and try to make adjustments to it. And um, there's always going to be nights where, you know, you don't doesn't feel perfect, doesn't feel right, and those are the nights that you, you grind through. I thought we did that our first game here against OKC. You mentioned uh, in pregame that uh, you wanted them to be more instinctive mm -hmm. and more forceful. You feel like you got that kind of effort today? Yeah, I do. I, I think some of that just over time, those things are going to come. And like I said, I, I don't. You can't react to. Um, you can't overreact. Um, at the same point, I think you have to respond. And I think our guys did that. And they played. They were connected, and you know there, there was it was purposeful. I think the biggest thing. You know, was our spacing. You know, just when when guys, it's hard to it's hard to know what two guys are doing in a pick and roll when three other guys aren't spaced in the right place. Because um, you know, you're not always trying to score off an initial action. It's just something that gives you an opportunity to score. Donovan, it seems to me through the first three games, has really kind of improved his reads and is making the right play mm -hmm. pretty frequently. You spoke about that. What's allowed him to take that that jump? Well, I think the biggest thing Donovan's done the first three games is defend, and like unequivocally, like that's been um, a point of emphasis for him. And on the offensive end, as I said, you know, it's you know we've all got to be spaced properly, and then it's easier for everybody to make reads. And you know, he's attacking, and you know, he's got his eyes out, and he's looking for people, and he's also you know attacking the rim. I think that's a big part of it. Okay. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team's 113-81 win over the Sacramento Kings. Let's move on now and go into the locker room. Let's let you hear from Mike Con or uh, Mike Conley, followed immediately by Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, yeah, I thought that you know we moved the ball a lot better. I think the last few games we got uh, a little bit stagnant, and, and you know the guy with the ball kind of had to make plays. And um, tonight we just really moved it around the horn, uh, got into the paint, and, and kind of started the blender and. And everybody was really unselfish at that point, and, and you know shots were, were easy to fall. You guys were tremendous in transition defense. Is that one of those indicators in all the years you've been in the league that shows the unselfishness that exists? Yeah, yeah, and uh, like you said, unselfishness comes from defensive end too. You know, being able to sacrifice and get back and um, and help a teammate. You know, a guy like De'Aaron Fox is, is tough to contain, and um, we did a great job of getting two and three guys back and loading up and. Um, and you know, I'm proud of the way that we came out focused on that, and uh, and you know to hold a team like that to score so many points to, to 80 or so um, is a dream come true on that end. Teams talk about you know fast starts so important, and you hear it all the time. But Rudy said that this team kind of internalizes it as a personal thing they want to do this year. Is that been felt around the team as well? Well, yeah, I think our sense of urgency um, has has been evident. I think guys are really locked in and focused on on right now. You know, we don't want to get behind the eight ball and having to work so hard in January and February trying to you know inch up the, the standings you know we want to try to bust it out here early and um, and give ourselves some breathing room and uh, and tonight's game was just a good indicator of, of, of our mindset obviously nights are different and circumstances are different from night to night but given that the two nights in a row were so drastically different is there anything that you 
can take away kind of comparing and contrasting the two nights at all? Or um, honestly, I think our defense was has been this pretty consistent, um, even through the loss in, in LA. Uh, I thought offensively was the biggest difference between the two nights. Um, we moved the ball very well. Guys were just, like I said, just so unselfish and made the extra play for each other, and, and it got contagious to the point that. You know, we were we didn't know who was going to shoot the ball, and that, and that's what you know. This makes a great offensive team, you know, hard to guard. All right, guys, that's Mike Conley. Before we step away, let's hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. Emotional on every on every every single game. So I know I knew how how important this game is it's for us because we get a, we have a tough game in Phoenix and then uh, then Clippers here. So it was it was huge huge win, and then the, at the end of the game we had a we had a chance to rest our our guys. So that was also a big time. I said before that he will be he'll be involved more than than me on those interviews. I will get him back for sure. How does Philly see just what the offense is capable of over 48 minutes? I mean, we had a lot of unselfish unselfish guy in in this locker room. So like I said before, whoever is hard, we are trying to to find him. <laughs> <laughs> So we are, we are moving the ball the ball pretty pretty well, but once again our defense was on a, on a point and we was we were pretty pretty solid. There's discussion about unselfishness when it comes to giving up the ball and making the pass. But how much of that unselfishness also goes into putting the pass right where it needs to be so you can be in rhythm to uh, make a play as soon as you get it? Well, listen, I think every my every shot tonight was was wide open three. So that's that show us how how unselfish we are and we are looking for the good to great. Like whoever got a good shot, it's passing the ball for the for the guy that got a great shot. So. But once again, we control. We control the board. We didn't play great offense first first two games, but but finally we find a stroke and we hit a we knocked down a couple trees and then and then Payne was 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 wide open to to attack to attack the rim as well. Guys, that's Bojan Bogdanovic. Let's go back to you. All right, that was Mike Conley and Boyan Conley with great game. 12 points on 5 of 11 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, but he had 8 assists and and looked much more comfortable than he did in the first two games. And, of course, Boyan comes back from that injured ankle to score 26. He was uh, absolutely red hot. All right, let's let, now let you hear from Donovan Mitchell. That was Donovan Mitchell, 15 points, 4 of assists, 6 of 9 from the field. You know, but tonight... Uh shots and I feel like we're more a little more unselfish and uh, you know when we played that way it's, it's hard to guard. One thing a good defensive night but it was a dominant defensive night in what ways I mean, you feel the defense was there the first two games but in what ways did it even get better tonight? I think we took better care of the ball you know uh, against the Lakers we took we did a great job defensively but they scored about 15 or 20 points of turnovers and tonight we didn't have that and uh, you know it was hard for them to get any any kind of you know get it going get it confident and uh, we just moved the ball and it's even more demoralizing when we make shots when you guys struggled a little bit last season you yourself said that it was communication problems on defense do you already have a head start on the communication this year I think it was a little more you know it was it was a lot of things uh, you know, the schedule, uh, the communication. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. Keep it. Looks good. Donovan putting a 90s jazz hat on top of him. Classic look. Doesn't matter the outfit. <laughs> How happy are you for Boyan tonight? Having kind of a breakout game and he looked like he was having a lot of fun. I'm very happy, you know, and uh, 
I mean, it's really not that every day in practice. So it's like we were just waiting for, for him to, to do it in the game. And, uh, you know, I just try to get him open uh, as much as I can. And tonight he makes shots and he, he opens up things for everyone. Quinn said before the game that one of the keys to this group was having things start to become instinctual. Do you feel like you guys are getting to that point? Yeah, you know, it comes with time. You you, you, ha- you have to work on it and have the will to do it, and uh, and then the good habits come. You know, uh, the good thing is defensively, I feel like we we're getting some really good habits, and no offensively, it's just you know, it's just on us to to try to make make a play for each other and. Uh, some nice Boyan gonna score, some nice Donovan gonna score, some nice I'm gonna score, and it's very hard to guard. You've discussed how the right mindset has to be there because you want your team to punch first in games, get off to quality starts, and you felt like that was something personal that you wanted to take this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, every night, I mean, for the first, after the preseason, you know, I feel like we weren't really happy about the way we started the games, and tonight we, tonight in the first two games, we already had some good starts, especially defensively. And we want to try to do that every night. And some nights we might not, but we gotta, you know, get to the next play and, and hopefully get a when when things go our way, make sure they go our way quick and don't wait until we're down 15 or, or 20 points. Thanks, Rudy. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Gil, Donovan uh, didn't have to do a ton uh, against Sacramento. It wasn't like uh, the game against Oklahoma City, for example, where the rest of the team was struggling a little bit and Donovan had to carry him. Not the case. Everybody playing well. And next thing you know, by uh, uh, it, it, the game was a rout. And by really the third quarter, the game was over, over. And a lot of folks uh, able to get some rest. Donovan just playing 26 minutes. All right, let's let you now hear from Rudy Gobert. All right, that was Jazz Center Rudy Gobert after the team's 113-81 win over the Sacramento Kings. Next up for the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns tonight. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 o'clock. There's the best of the post-game show when we come back. BYU had a bye this weekend. What were they doing? Recruiting, self-scouting figuring out how they can beat Utah State and get to 4-4 four and four on the year. We'll hear from BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, time now to talk BYU football with the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Uh, We're doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Is there anything better than a really big win before a bye week? (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I know there's nothing worse yeah. than a big loss right before a bye week. That's for sure, yeah. Typical coach. The losses are always harder yeah. than the wins are uh, joy- joyful. I've found that. A lot of coaches say that over the years. And- yeah, sadly, sadly, that's the truth of our existence. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Obviously, we, we go and watch all your games, uh, speaking of BYU, and... 
I cannot put my finger on it. I thought even compared to the SC win, which at that point was the high watermark, something was different about the Boise the game. The Boise game, the energy, the passion, the enthusiasm from everyone involved, from the head coach down to the lowest player, whoever it might be, and everybody in between. That was my what I took from that game. And I don't know if you necessarily agree, but to me, something was different about the level of intensity and emotion. Can you help explain it? Well, I think first um, there was there was certainly um, a sense of hunger uh, after after you lose um, for basically a month in a row, you know, because we had the bye week in there. So for for four weeks, we had that that losing stink in our in our nose and just I think we're desperate for a win and I think that that's probably the most important thing and then I think everybody I think everybody uh, from Kalani I agree with you from Kalani all the way throughout the organization um, I thought showed up with with an excitement to play the game and then you know it, it, it helps when you get off to a good start and we haven't done that often this year and so for us to to score points early, I think was was a positive that that kind of fueled the team on, and then and then we hit a couple of big plays. You know, we've we've missed some of those big plays. We hit a, hit on a couple, and I think that just added to the emotion. So speaking of the big plays, I'm curious, and and maybe you know when you're calling plays, you, you hold your breath every time you send a play, and I don't know, but you know you hit on the big plays, and everybody celebrates them, and yet right now, you know they called a they called a fake play in Arkansas, and if you Google it, you know you start seeing headlines: worst fake punt of all time, because it ended up being an interception in their own backfield. So when you call the play. In that moment, because of what you've seen on film, do you end up with a ton of confidence? Or once you send it in, is there a moment where you're like, oh, boy? <laughs> some, of, some of both. Um, uh, like the first one, the fourth and one pass to Bushman. Um, funny story, in a roundabout way, I kind of got that play from Boise. When I was at Colorado working for Dan Hawkins, I was on staff with a bunch of Boise guys, uh, Eric Keesaw, Kent Riddle, Mark Helfrich was the OC, and that play was a play that we ran there that they had run at Boise State when Hawk and them were there. And so um, that's a play that those guys know, but I, I just they're a, they're a zero-coverage team on short yardage and especially fourth and one. I felt like it would be there, and we talked about it all week. And, and um, so then when – when we called it, I looked at the defense and saw how the safeties played, and I felt I felt pretty confident that one was going to be there. But you never know. I mean, stuff can go wrong. I mean, somebody can cover, somebody could fall down, the quarterback could stumble and drop the ball, so you never know. Um, and then the next one, Matt, the, the the reverse pass, Matt was so open, I was worried. <laughs> that one, you know, when the ball is that in the air that long and a guy's that open, you always kind of worry about it when it hangs in the air. So I don't know. There's some of both, but until, until it hits, yeah, you're always a little bit concerned. 
So I'm wondering, Jeff, how you recapture that form of desperation that you had against Boise when you play Utah State, because as you know, football, particularly when you're playing an in-state game like this, it's nice that you won a couple of weeks ago, but everyone's going to be expecting, even more so since you beat Boise, to take that, channel that effort that you had against Boise and have the same thing as Logan. So can what can you do to repeat that effort? Do you need to drum into these guys that you actually lost the Boise game, or how would you get it to where they need to be? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. Um, if I could answer that, then then um, then I'd be a great coach. <laughs> I, I think I think um, our players will be motivated to play that game, and you know that's college football is funny. Um, the team that is most inspired to play. Um, often wins or at least gives themselves a chance to win sometimes even when they shouldn't on game day and I know that sounds crazy to to people that haven't been a part of the game um, because you only play 12 or 13 times in college football during the season you'd think you'd be up every Saturday to play but um, it just doesn't it doesn't always happen that way and so my goal, and I know Kalani's goal, is is to create a team that shows up every Saturday hungry to win. Um, but but we're not quite there yet as as a team, and so I think this this next game in Logan will be uh, a great opportunity, a great test for us to show that we've that we've matured enough to put two big games back to back. BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joining us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. How have you had to change things as you've gone through uh, multiple running backs and now multiple quarterbacks? You're, you're three deep at quarterback this year as well. How, how has that changed your job as offensive coordinator? Um, you know, I, I think a fortunate thing is the players we have played with have had similar skill sets, um, particularly at, at quarterback and running back. And I would say that we've, that we've tweaked – some things more than we've had to really change a lot you know we might change this this run play to this formation maybe you run this one from the pistol instead of offset because this guy does that a little bit better um maybe this this quarterback does this this concept just a little bit better but we haven't we haven't had to alter things a whole lot um probably changed a little bit more with the offensive line with the injuries there just um just simplifying and and doing things to help them out a little bit with some of those young guys in there i was so impressed with Finau and the way he ran with a level of passion and i know you have to have holes by the offensive line and all that stuff but how important is it for the for the running back to run Pretty much, it seems so simple to say, but as hard and as as intense as he can. Yeah, I, I thought both of both of the backs that played, um, you know, Soup was banged up too. So the two guys, him and and Peeney, I thought both ran with with a lot of passion and a lot of energy, and that just has a way of inspiring your whole team. Right. You know, I, I just there's something that a running back can do when he makes a big run, whether it's whether it's the big touchdown run on on the option or whether it's um, a run between the tackles that that a guy 
drags a couple of guys and and makes a hard fought first down that that has a way of really inspiring your linemen and tight ends to block just a little bit harder and inspires everybody i think to to play with confidence particularly at home too because that gets the crowd really going yeah so you've got utah state coming up and you know as an independent you don't see teams and build up the same reservoir knowledge, especially among the players as you might if you were in a conference playing somebody every year. But you are playing Utah State every year, so you'd think you'd have something to draw on there, except they just had a coaching change. So, how different are they? How much are you starting over with these guys in preparation as well? They are different, certainly, um, but we, we have a lot of familiarity with with the staff. You know, I've played against Gary several times, and certainly... Um, a-Rod and, and Fessy and Steve know those guys as well as, as Justin. And there, there's some familiarity with the staff that I think will help, but every year takes on a little bit uh, different flavor, and so they're playing just a little bit different than they have. And um, as always, though, that, that team plays, plays hard and plays physical, and I think they do a great job getting, um, getting a lot out of their players. We often hear that some coaches have philosophies and staffs have philosophies. A player doesn't lose his position due to injury. I'm not sure what your and Kalani's philosophy is regarding that, but how are you going to approach that position at quarterback if Hall is cleared? Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a challenge for us, but a good one. You know, it's always better to have those situations where you have where you have more guys playing and you're trying to decide who's going to play rather than not and. We're going to let them both practice and compete and see who who practices better and looks more ready. But we um, we haven't made a decision on that yet, and probably won't until sometime uh, in the latter part of next week. How much do you address consistency issues with the guys, and how much do you not have to address it because they already know it and it speaks for themselves? I mean, you beat Tennessee and USC, but you lost to Toledo and South Florida. Then you beat Boise State. Man, if I had predicted that at the start of the year, first off, people would have thought I was crazy, and then I would have turned out to be some kind of crazy genius. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you address it. You address it weekly. Um, but then once that game's over, you got to move on, you know. And so you just you don't talk about what happened. I don't anyway, and I don't think most coaches do. You don't talk about any of the wins that happened before or the losses. Um, you really just try to focus on playing our very best this week. I think if you get caught up in too much of that other stuff, then you're you're focusing on things that don't matter really. I think you focus on what what has allowed us to play well this year and when we've played well um we've we've done the things that typically win games you know we haven't turned the football over and we've showed up excited to play and and um scored in the red zone the things that you always talk about and so um i think we just really try to focus on those things and and then lean on our leaders i've tried to do a a better job this year leaning on the leaders of our offense um, on on Micah Simon, on Matt Bushman, on Brady Christensen, James Empey, those guys that are that are the strongest leaders on our team. I've tried to lean on them to impress upon the young guys that that you have to show up ready to play every week, and then and then what a big game this is against Utah State. Do you think the offense has gone to Matt Bushman enough this season in the passing game? 
don't think you could ever throw the ball too much to a guy like Matt. Um, but I don't think the ball has gone enough to Micah either or to Talon either. You know, I mean, when you have when you have guys that can make plays, you know, there's only one football that can go around. And certainly Matt's at the top of that list. And, and we've tried a lot. Some teams have worked a little bit harder and done a little bit better job than others of covering him, whether that be putting a guy on him who could actually cover him man-to-man, pressing him at the line of scrimmage and making it hard for him to get off the line. That can be a challenge for a tight end sometimes. It's a little bit longer and takes a little bit uh, more time to get going. Or or with double coverage, and some teams have done have done both of those things to him. And so when that happens, we've got other guys that we feel like we can get the football to. But we've certainly tried to target him, and, and we'll continue to find ways to get the ball to him. You can't get the ball to him too much. Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What have you thought of the offensive line play as a group this year? Inconsistent. Like the rest of our offense, there have been times um, where where I look at how we're playing and I'm proud of those guys and I go, okay, this is – this is a group that now is is making the the kind of jump that that we hoped they would this year, but they are still young, and we have been playing musical chairs a little bit. And nobody's expectation level for the offensive line is higher than mine is, and so I'm I'm often not pleased, regardless of of their outcome. But um, I thought this last week in particular, they came together and, and played well, even given the fact that we were out four guys. You know, we had four guys that were out and, and another guy who was who was dressed for the game, but, but probably only at about 70% of his full capacity. And so um, I felt like this last Saturday was one of our better performances, and, and we're certainly hoping to build on that. What was different or better with you on the sidelines? Um, I don't. I don't know if anything was necessarily better. I think you know. I spent most of my career on the sideline and started out the season down there last year, and then felt like um, when we made the switch in style and switched to Zach as a quarterback um, and went more no huddle, I went up just because I felt like it would give me a better a better viewpoint. Um, and that's certainly true, but I just felt like we needed a little bit more something on the sideline, a little bit more um, energy, confidence, toughness, accountability, any, any of those things that I felt like I might be able to add and not that, not that I necessarily have, have more of it than other people, but um, I do have a voice and, and – um, I just felt like it would be a, a positive for our team for me to be down there, and, and I mentioned it to Kalani, and he agreed. And then I think another big part of it is what does your staff look like, and do you have guys that you can trust up in the box? And we, we certainly do. And so, you know, we honestly, we call the game together collaboratively um, anyway. We, we put together the game plan that way. I've said that since – since the first day I was hired, that this wasn't going to be my offense. It was going to be our offense. And so A-Rod does a great job of seeing things during the game. Steve Clark helps to a great extent upstairs as well. Shoot, Fessy does a great job even on the sidelines. There are times that he, he says, hey, how about this play right here? So um, if I didn't have 
what I do in terms of the help at other places. I, I don't know that I'd be able to do that as the OC, but the, the experience and the quality of our staff, I think, gives me the flexibility to go either place. You know, you mentioned you were at Colorado. You've coached at a lot of schools and different conferences over the course of your career. I'm thinking you haven't had very many years where you had to do these four long road trips, and you got the fourth one coming up to UMass. What have you had to tweak because of all that travel? How big or maybe how little of an issue has that been over the course of the season, the impact on the guys? Um, I don't know. That's still a little bit of a of a mystery to me. Um, you know, we try to leave early and give ourselves plenty of time to get focused and acclimated and um, obviously hadn't hadn't done that great here recently. I think um, I think we'll look at that when we get ready to take that next trip when whenever that may be. I don't honestly I don't even remember when that is. I just know we play Boise. I mean I, I know we played Boise and I know we play Utah State. That's that's all I can remember right now on our schedule. On an average bye week, how many players and potential recruits do you run around and make contact with? Because I've heard crazy stories of guys landing, driving to schools, you know, meeting support personnel, talking to coaches. You, you really have to be really visible in a lot of places. What is that like in a normal bye week? Yeah, it just depends. You know, we've had the, the fortune of having two this year, so it helped us a little bit in terms of spreading things out. Um, it kind of depends on the philosophy of the of the staff. Sometimes a head coach wants guys to get out and spend as many days as he can recruiting and coaching, and and your current team is kind of a kind of minimized that week. Other guy, other head coaches I've worked around really want to continue to focus on your own team and say if we win games, then the recruits will come. Um, we we take an approach probably somewhere in the middle. We always want to worry about our team and our players first. But most guys will see one or two guys if you're if you're flying somewhere like I am. If you're going in state, then you know you can hit several different schools in a day just as if you're if you're in the, the contact period uh, later on. Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes. All right, you bet. Good talking to you guys. There's the Cougars offense coordinator, Jeff Grimes. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.